Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. All right, let's go ahead and start uh, by looking at Revelation chapter 20 once again. Now, we're getting close to the end of the book of Revelation, and I know uh, you're uh, thinking, that's a relief, it's, it's about time. <laughs> we got three more chapters to go, and, and or two more chapters, excuse me, and so uh, we're looking at chapter 20 tonight, Revelation chapter 20. Now, we've been looking all this time at uh, this whole understanding of what is revealed to us in the book of Revelation. And we see that the tribulation uh, begins in chapter 6 and goes up until what we just completed in chapter 19. And the tribulation period ends with uh, the victory of Jesus Christ over uh, the false prophet and the Antichrist and all of the the forces of, of Satan that have accumulated together to come and, and fight against Jesus Christ as He's returned. And Christ in chapter 19 has just returned. He's, he has the victorious uh, uh, return to uh, to uh, to earth and, and we've seen His return and, and we've seen a, a great... Uh, uh, destruction of all those who've opposed against Jesus Christ uh, at uh, the battle uh, that was brought about by uh, the forces of Satan, the demons of Satan, assembling the whole world to fight against uh, Jesus Christ and the forces of, of heaven. And of course, we uh, saw as Jesus returned in chapter 19 that He returned with a great heavenly host, an army that followed after Him, and of course, uh, we saw in the last part of chapter 19 where Jesus utters uh, a word and, and destroys all of the, uh, the kings and the, uh, the nobles, all those who uh, assembled against Jesus Christ. And uh, we've seen this great uh, slaughter of all the armies of the world uh, that assembled against Christ. And uh, we saw uh, also the wholesale uh, destruction of everything that relates to rebellion against Christ. And, and so what we see is, with the chapter 20 is the beginning of the millennial kingdom of Christ. And we see that, that the earth has been undergoing a great transformation uh, all throughout the tribulation. We've seen stars falling from the heavens. We've seen uh, a great sea, uh, vast amounts of the ocean uh, diverted or, or boiled up and, and uh, eliminated. We've seen uh, a great amounts of, of change to the world. And God has brought about this change because He's uh, in the process of 
bringing His judgment against uh, all of, of sin and evil. God is throughout this whole uh, uh, chapter 6 all through 19 has been about bringing His judgment against say, uh, uh, sin and uh, those who oppose His authority and uh, oppose righteousness, uh, oppose His rule. And so what we see is uh, that culminating at the end of chapter tw- uh, 19. And in 20, we have the establishment of, of the kingdom of Jesus Christ on earth. And at chapter 21 that we'll get to uh, sometime in the future, uh, we'll see a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, but in chapter 20, we see a transfer, uh, the transformation being completed of uh, uh, the heavens and the earth. And this is basically a part of the uh, wiping away of the influence of sin. The kingdom, the millennial kingdom, is replete throughout Scripture. Uh, it is uh, spoken about uh, multiple times throughout Scripture. In uh, the millennial kingdom, is called the regeneration. In Matthew chapter nineteen, verse twenty-eight, it's called a time of refreshing. In Acts chapter three, verse nineteen, it's a time of restitution. In Acts chapter three, verse twenty-one, it is the dispensation of the fullness of times. In Ephesians one, chapter ten, there's more Scripture on the subject of the millennial kingdom throughout the Bible than most all other subjects in the Bible. This has been pointed to, it has been alluded to, it has been spoken about from Genesis all the way through Revelation. In fact, uh, the very beginning of it begins in uh, Genesis chapter 2 when uh, uh, sin is entered into the world and God comes and and, uh, finds uh, that Adam and Eve are hiding in the garden and He of course, knows that they have sinned and He's uh, confronted them about their sin. And uh, God talks about this millennial kingdom, this end of times uh, in that passage of Scripture when He talks about, uh, when He uh, confronts uh, Satan and He talks about uh, the uh, root of, of, of course, what we understand in Scripture of uh, the root of David being Jesus Christ uh, coming along and and the Son of Man, uh, uh, God says, will uh, crush his head and the serpent will bruise his heel. Uh, we all, we know that as a reference to the cross of Calvary, where Jesus Christ will give up Himself as a sacrifice for mankind, so that uh, uh, that the sin of the world can be placed upon Him. He was bruised in that, but that will be the destruction of Satan. And so, what we come to now is uh, the culmination of that in chapter 20. Uh, All Scripture moves towards the fact of God's rule uh, in Jesus Christ. It it comes to this culmination of God uh, being sovereign of the goal of the redemptive history 
is the eternal kingdom in which God rules. Everything points to the understanding of this kingdom that is coming about. Uh, we see kingdom passages throughout Scripture, as I mentioned. Second Samuel chapter 7, Psalm chapter 2, Isaiah chapter 2, Isaiah 11, Isaiah 35, Isaiah 40, Isaiah 48, Jeremiah 23 and Jeremiah 33, Ezekiel 34, Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7, Hosea chapter 3, Joel chapter 3, Zephaniah chapter 3 and Zechariah chapter 14. We see throughout all of these scriptures a point, uh, and these are just a few of the, the many, many scriptures that is pointing to this special time. This is uh, the, the ultimate dream of, of uh, the Jewish nation is, is that, and, and they speak about it throughout Scripture, uh, primarily uh, through the time in which uh, Israel is taken into captivity into, by Assyria and Babylon and, many, and Syria and, and all these other nations. They're looking forward to this time uh, in which uh, God reigns and uh, the Jews look forward to this uh, of God coming into the world and creating his dominion it is uh, called the Malkuth Shemayim it is a, and, and in fact there is a prayer that they pray about this uh, time in which they pray for the coming of God's kingdom uh, it's a time in which uh, they believed was a time where God would exercise his power over the heathen and he would subject them uh, uh, subject the world to himself to his kingship of God being over all of mankind and so this is uh, the dream of the Jewish nation is for this time to, to come about. And so what are we talking about when we talk about this millennial kingdom? And, and we talked about uh, this aspect of understanding the f three different understandings of the millennial kingdom last time that we talked about this. We talked about uh, pre-tribulation, uh, individuals. We talked about post-trib, and then we talked about amillennialists. Uh, and basically, we talked about pre-trib people talking about basically taking a very literal understanding of Scripture, a literal reading of Revelation, meaning that Christ comes uh, and the tribulation is before the kingdom of, of uh, Christ uh, comes. Uh, before Christ uh, returns, the tribulation is before uh, all of that, and we we understand uh, in that view is that everything is getting worse. Everything is working to a time where everything is getting worse and worse and worse until the appearance of the Antichrist, and things get even much worse at that time during the tribulation, and then Christ comes, and then the millennial comes. Then we talk about post-trib people that believe that basically everything is getting better and better and better and that the kingdom of God comes uh, as a result of, uh, of the, the church working towards making things better on the earth and everything gets so better uh, that Christ returns and, and uh, uh, so we uh, that we uh, are working towards the kingdom and then uh, millennial kingdom. And then we talked about the amillennialists that believe basically that we're living during the time of the millennium now, that, we, uh, that there is no 
trib, but that we're living in that millennial period now, and there's a lot of problems with with that viewpoint, in my uh, opinion. Uh, basically, because if uh, as we get into this, we'll see that one of the key aspects of the uh, millennial kingdom is, is the that Satan is bound. The binding of, binding of Satan and that he is cast into the bottomless pit. Uh, well, how can you say that we're living during the tribulation now if we've got all kinds of evil going around and, and abounding uh, that Satan is the, the author of lies and we have quite a bit of, of lying going on and uh, so we can't possibly be living in uh, all millennial time. So we understand uh, if we look at this from a literal perspective that we're pre-trib. And what that means is is we see this uh, time frame as laid out in Scripture as very literal and that we see all of this in a uh, as it's laid out in the book of Revelation. And so we see uh, Jesus Christ coming. He's established His kingdom. And what happens when we have Christ establishing His kingdom? As the kingdom opens in chapter 20, we'll read this in just a moment, but we see uh, different aspects about the kingdom. And, and we talked about just a moment ago about uh, the binding of Satan. But uh, in the kingdom time, we have Jesus Christ establishing His kingdom on earth and He rules uh, from Jerusalem because that's the, uh, the, where the, seat, the, day, uh, the throne of David is located. And we see the world is dramatically changed. One of those changes that was mentioned in the Scripture is, is that a great valley will, be, uh, will go from the Dead Sea to the uh, to the Mediterranean and it'll create uh, this uh, very fertile valley and the deserts will be turned into uh, a lush garden uh, environment and and God will uh, establish uh, that as as in essence a regaining of paradise, a regaining of Eden, of the reestablishment of the Garden of Eden. And, and so what we saw in Genesis with the fall of man was paradise lost. And throughout uh, Scripture, we see God working all the way through Scripture, basically uh, to this point being the, the, uh, the main emphasis of paradise regained. And we see the golden age of of uh, the kingdom of God, the, the, the temple being rebuilt, uh, the nations coming uh, to uh, worship the one, one true God and one and only God in Jesus Christ, of prosperity reigning because of this uh, a great rebuilding of the world, a, a great uh, reworking of all that is happening. Uh, poverty and injustice are not known during this time because Jesus Christ is ruling and reigning. The saints will reign upon the earth alongside of Jesus. Uh, paradise is, uh, is restored. This is the, uh, the golden age of Jesus Christ. And so we have all of this that we are seeing. And uh, let's look at the first 10 verses of uh, the book of uh, 
chapter 20 of the book of Revelation. He says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven. And I want you to notice something here for just a minute. And I know I said we were going to read 10 verses and I'm stopping after uh, just the first few words. But there... uh, Whenever John says, and I saw, uh, uh, I saw this, and I saw that, it's throughout uh, the Scripture in the book of Revelation, all these different times, John indicates that he is seeing all of these things. And, he's, and, and it's uh, uh, significant all the times that he says, and I saw this, and I saw that. Chapter 9, of course, he says, I saw uh, an angel descend and block the sun. He says here, and I saw an angel come. And we don't have an indication of which angel it is or who it is. It doesn't matter really uh, because the angel has the authority of God as he uh, establishes or does what he's doing. It says, and I saw an angel come down from heaven. And it's not an indication of where he's coming from, that he's coming from heaven, but that he is coming on behalf of God. He's coming with the authority of God because of what He does. No angel has the authority to do this unless God gives him that authority. And he says, And he has the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain is in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or upon their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead uh, uh, lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they that went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Okay, so we see... Five main events that happen in this passage of Scripture. We see, uh, first of all, the removal of Satan. We see this, the reign of the saints. We see the return of Satan. And we see the revolt of society and the resurrection of sinners. So uh, those are the five things that happen in these ten verses. And this chapter is not uh, very long 
in that it is only 15 verses and we've just covered about 10 of them. And of course we won't get to all five of these topics uh, tonight, uh, but I want to talk to you first of all about the first one and that is about uh, the binding of Satan and of course uh, the removal of Satan. We don't have enough time to get into this in a deep level. We'll get onto that a little bit more. Uh, the next time, but what we see in the removal of Satan is the final uh, 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 removal of that which goes contrary to the rule and the reign of Christ. And so, at, at the end of chapter 19, we saw that uh, all those who had been upon the earth during the tribulation, all those who had opposed Christ, all those who had uh, subverted uh, the saints and it caused them uh, people to be led astray. All of those, the prophet and the antichrist, those both were were cast into uh, the lake of fire already. Uh, but what we see here is, first of all, is that this angel comes. And he has the key to the bottomless pit. And this bottomless pit has been mentioned before, uh, and it's been mentioned throughout Scripture. And this is not uh, hell. This is not uh, the lake of fire. This is not uh, uh, any of those places. This is instead, uh, if you would consider it, this is a holding cell. This is like a holding place. This is the place in which Satan uh, will be cast into and uh, he will be cast into that place uh, to be bound there for a thousand years during the earthly reign of Jesus Christ uh, upon the earth. Uh, we see uh, this place mentioned uh, a couple of times. One of those times is, uh, if you recall, uh, when uh, Jesus is with his disciples, I believe it's in uh, Mark chapter 8. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's in, in the Gospels where Jesus is with his disciples. They come to the land of uh, Gergeshen or, or something like that, and uh, they are uh, coming to this place, and the people of that community are tormented by a man who is uh, has is demon-possessed. And it says in Scripture there, that uh, this man is is so um, uh, uh, tormented this community that that he's bound by chains in the uh, in the cemetery amongst the tombs. And if you'll remember in that reading of that scripture, it talks about uh, this uh, young man having so much strength from the possession of the demons that uh, the, the, the chains aren't able to bind him, that he gets loose and torments the community and he's there and uh, Jesus comes with his disciples and the demons speak to him and they plead with Jesus not to send them to the bottomless pit, the uh, abyss is uh, the word that we get from the Greek word that is used. It's abasos, uh, which basically is the word that we get the word abyss from. This is the place, that, and what it means is, is a place without a bottom. So it's a bottomless pit, and this is the location in which Satan will be uh, bound and cast into during the thousand years of Christ's uh, reign upon the earth. And uh, 
the removal of Satan is necessary because during this time, Christ will uh, uh, reign upon the earth and He'll have uh, the saints that are also alongside of Him uh, that are... uh, setting up set up as like governors and and judges amongst the people that are there and of course what we have here is there's there are people that remain that were not uh, a part of the of the destruction that happened at the battle of armageddon uh, of course those were military forces and all those uh, that were following after uh, uh, the antichrist that were at the battle of Armageddon that were destroyed and we saw that great uh, destruction there but there are people that are within the world that have lived through the tribulation they've come to the end of the tribulation in which Jesus Christ is, uh, is establishing his kingdom and so those individuals will be who remain upon the earth and of course those individuals will have uh, this time of the uh, millennial reign of Jesus Christ will be uh, a time in which they are influenced uh, by the reign of Christ and they'll, they will live and they will have children and they will uh, uh, begin to increase in the population of the earth of those who remain. And uh, we see that for a thousand years this continues on and Christ will reign. Uh, uh, there'll be no more uh, of the influence of sin because uh, Satan will be removed. Uh, Satan, uh, this angel comes and he has the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in which Satan is bound. And uh, Satan will be bound by this great chain and he will lay hold of the dragon. Uh, listen how he uh, describes Satan. That, that old dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and so we see basically four descriptions of Satan here, or uh, naming of Satan. So that it says the dragon, and the reason that, that he is identified as a dragon is, is because of the fierceness of who he is and what he does. Uh, and it, it, the, that old serpent, referring back to the Garden of Eden, in which the serpent uh, deceived uh, Eve and Adam, and uh, caused them to sin. And he says the devil, and, and that word devil there is, is basically means the adversary, uh, the one who opposes God. Uh, and then we come to the actual name, Satan. And so Satan is the one that is going to be bound. He's going to be bound for a thousand years. Uh, and he is cast into the bottomless pit. He's not taken. He's, he's kind of thrown in there. Uh, because there's no uh, going into the bottomless pit without uh, uh, being taken in. And so he is shut in that place. And not only is he bound, but he is shut in. And of course, uh, that has reference to the fact that there is a key that is used to open the bottomless pit, which means the door to the bottomless pit is closed and the key is used to lock it closed. And then not only is it he shut in, but he's also there's a seal that's placed upon this. This is the uh, seal of, of Jesus Christ that uh, and and of God that that this place would not be open and, until a thousand years has expired and he will be released. 
and the reason for that is, is that he would de- deceive the nations no more till the thousand years are complete. And so what we have is a world that is basically renewed. A renewal because Christ reigns and not the devil. Uh, that Christ reigns and there's no influence of deception from the devil and there's no uh, uh, preponderance of sin because uh, Satan has been removed. And, uh, but that's not saying that there is an inability of sin. Uh, we have the people that remain. Uh, those that are upon the earth are not just the saints at this time there because at the end of a thousand years what happens the pit is opened up satan is loosed upon the earth for a period of time why would he be loosed in order to and and we have seen in this passage of scripture already that he basically after a thousand years of the influence of Jesus Christ ruling and reigning there will be those who we he will deceive and there will be those... Now, the saints won't be the ones that will be deceived, are they? Because they already have their heart... And, uh, they've already uh, had the, the stain of sin removed from their life. It's the, the people who remain that will have uh, the uh, chance of not just simply deception by Satan, but the chance of... Redemption. So this is a another chance of redemption after the tribulation during the millennial kingdom. Now, uh, some might say, "Well, okay, I don't then I don't have to worry about uh, giving my heart and life to Jesus before Jesus uh, before the the rapture and before all this happens. I'll just go all the way through until the end, and I'll I'll decide then." Well. I don't know how good your chances would be after all that that's happening on the earth during the tribulation. I wouldn't uh, bet on making it through, but uh, what we see is the completion of God's desire is that the removal of sin and the opportunity for redemption once again. Uh, This whole book of the Bible is about the reign of God the establishment of His kingdom, and His kingdom is not complete without the opportunity for yet again the last remaining of those who are here upon the earth to have an opportunity to choose to love God, to choose to follow after God, to choose to to give their heart and life to, to God, to choose the redemption of God in spite of all that they've seen. And remember... Throughout the book of Revelation, all the things that were happening were an opportunity for the people to see the forgiveness of God in that God held off all of this until this calamity of the tribulation. Uh, this, the tribulation is, is the punishment that should have happened upon mankind for all of time because of our sin. And yet God held it off until that time. And each time it says that the people continued to turn away from God and that's why more punishment, more bowls and trumpet judgments and all these other things came about is because uh, God was continuing to judge the sin of mankind of turning away from God. And so God gives mankind one last time to come to 
a redemptive uh, position with God. So we'll get into that a little bit more. But the removal of Satan is the establishment of the kingdom of, of Jesus Christ upon the earth where he reigns, not Satan. Jesus Christ reigns. Remember, Satan is the uh, prince and powers of the air. He is uh, the ruler of this earth because of the sin of mankind. But at this time, during the millennial reign, Jesus Christ will reign from on high. And in, in order for that to be established, Satan will be removed. So we'll get into that a little bit more in detail the next time. And there's other points as well as we continue to make our way through uh, this passage of Scripture. And we'll see uh, the great outpouring of God's love even in the midst of uh, the kingdom of, of Jesus Christ upon the earth. Uh, it's a wonderful time in which the Bible has been focused on and pointing to, and we're in that time during our study.